Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. Good morning, church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. What's up, Dalton? How you doing? Give you a give you a, a moment to find your seats. Um I want to start off by just saying like Thank you to our worship team and thank you to the people who, because like I was up here, I don't know what happened with y'all and that, what just happened just now, but like, I don't know if any of you come up for an altar call at the end, there's probably a puddle right over here. I was sobbing, I was a weeping mess. And so I want to say thank you to our worship leaders. I want to say thank you to our, the the people on the production team who show up and 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 press in and and every single effort here is is all to glorify the Lord and it's all to just just welcome him into this place and I can I can assure you with 100% confidence that he's here he's here right now that his presence is here and there's glory in that so so thank you worship team like you guys are so special I don't even need to be up here right now because if you didn't get touched right there, don't worry, it's coming. So my name's uh, Jason Mann. Um, it's nice to meet you. I have the, the honor of, of being a part of the teaching team uh, here at Church 214. And um, I also have the honor of, of serving um, under Peyton, but also next to her, along with uh, the other youth group leaders on Wednesday nights. Woo is right. Where's my youth at? Come on. Yeah, that's what's up. Come on. Yeah, I got to get this out of my pocket real quick. Um, there we go. Sorry. Um, I'm also a part of Collective, so Heidi had mentioned, Heidi had mentioned getting connected, and that's so funny because, like, I came up to her earlier today whenever we were going through this before all y'all came here, and I was like, hey, you actually touched on something in a different context than I had also planned on talking about it in my introduction. And so, and one of that is, I just want to like, I want to welcome, if you are new here, welcome. Like, I'm so happy you're here. I am kind of new. It still like kind of feels new-ish. Shush, come on. All right. Okay. Sylvie, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we still feel kind of new. We've been here for about two years now. Okay. So we still kind of, but like, New faces keep coming in and like we're getting we're getting rooted, like we're getting our community, like we're pressing in and like the 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 community that we have around us right now, the people who are pouring into our lives, the people who we're pouring into, is it's such a testimony. And like it's such a testimony. Like this church is built off of Acts 214, or at least it's named after that. And so if you go further down in uh, chapter two of Acts, it says at the very end, it says, and the Lord added to those daily, added to their number daily, those who were being saved. 
and they broke bread and they were glad with thanksgiving in their hearts just because Jesus had, had miraculously changed their lives, like heaven came to earth. And so, I want to challenge you to step up and step out and introduce yourself to somebody and family. You know, if you call Church 214 your home, you know the faces who don't come here every day or every Sunday. So reach, go up to them too. Like it's a, it's a two-way street. And I can't tell you like how much power has came out of that. Just being real and like asking, asking questions, like challenging questions. I can't tell you how, how challenged I've been here since like since I've started listening to the teachings, Ashton and I, we meet with Phil regularly and it's like peeling back an onion, like a massive onion. And there's so many layers. And I can ask like, I can ask dumb questions, like confidently too. Like at a teaching team meeting one night, I asked a question and afterwards I told Ashton, I was like, I don't know if I should ask that. But I, and then I was like, but they, I got the answer. And like, it was a grace, like, and just being able to be real and be like, hey, I don't understand this, or I'm not quite here yet. And there's like this, there's this safety net of grace whenever we're pressing into the Lord and trying to find out and, and, and mature and develop in Him. So I want to challenge you. If you're, if you're younger, youth group, heck yeah. If you're younger than that, we got babies and toddlers too, okay? You, 18 to 30s, we got collective, you know? Older than that-ish, you know? 30-ish, you know? Collective, all right? Beyond that, basement nights, living room nights. We're going to war doing just prayer for two hours back there. And I'm telling you, there's power whenever you get connected. There's power whenever you step up and challenge yourself and step out because that's what Jesus wants us to do. Okay. Um, and with that being said, I also do want to acknowledge the fact that we are in a safe space. Jesus is king. He is Lord of all. This is a safe space, and I want to acknowledge the fact that we are a room full of believers, and we are also joined by unbelievers. Okay, this is a safe space. There may be some things that I talk about today that go over your head. That's one of those get connected things. Ask about it. That's totally fine. Like I'm telling you, it's totally fine. We'll teach on all areas. We'll go deep too, and we'll get cultural, historical, theological. We're not going to sugarcoat anything. We're going to speak the truth. Okay? Cool. Right on. Um, so we've been speaking truth in Psalm 24. And can we put Psalm 24 up real quick? Let's just, let's just, um, I thought about this and I do want to do this. Can we read this together, please? Cool. Okay. So Psalm 24, let's go. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, O God, who seek the face, O God of Jacob. My bad. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, and the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates. 
and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. Thank you for uh, joining and uh, reading that. That's awesome. Um, so we're going to focus on verses 7 to 10 today. All right, focusing on verses 7 to 10. All right, lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. So today we're going to talk about the King of glory. We're going to talk about the King of glory. We're going to talk about the Lord of hosts. We're going to come to know the King of glory. We're going to come to know the Lord of hosts, and we're going to know how he's strong and mighty in battle. And so who's the King of glory? Who's the King of glory? All right, where do we first read about glory? Well, if we open up the very first page, and God breathes out creation by a word. And he has Adam just created from the dust. And he breathes glory like the first bit is just his breath. Like it exits and immediately there's glory. Like Adam was a pile of dust. And God goes, and life comes in. And then it, there's your first bit of glory. Just God's voice, his presence. And he's walking in the presence of the Lord in the garden. It says that Adam walked in the dew of the garden. He was surrounded by the presence of the Lord. Adam walked with the Lord in the garden. Adam walked in his glory. Moses, in his glory. Moses, Forty years on the run, convicted murderer on a mountaintop, hiding in a tent, and then he gets called by this bush that is on fire, and God calls to Moses from the bush, Moses, come here. And Moses has got to be like, what is going on right now? Like, I cannot imagine that. And Moses walks up to the Lord. He approaches the Lord, walking in glory. The call, the call from the Lord is a glorious call. The answer to the call and the first step is glory. Him coming, him, him going to Pharaoh and saying, let my people go. Let the Israelites go. That's standing in Pharaoh's court declaring and proclaiming in glory that God will move if he doesn't let his people go. But it's also glory whenever he chose to step forward towards the burning bush and accept the assignment. There's glory in that. And so what happens? He gets the Israelites out of Egypt and they come up to the Red Sea and they're standing at the Red Sea cornered in glory. And what happens Moses believes in the Lord, believes in glory. And the Red Sea opens up and the Israelites pass through the Red Sea on dry ground, walking in 
glory. And afterwards, they get through the Red Sea and they turn back and all the Egyptians, the waters of the Red Sea come in on them and he wipes away the Egyptians, wipes away an entire army that's coming after the Israelites and now they're heading to the promised land in glory. And Moses is on a mountain begging for the Lord. It's crazy. He starts off on a mountain And then he goes back to the mountain and he's begging for the Lord at this time. He's like, Lord, show us your glory. Show me your glory. Show the Israelites your glory. And he's like, I'm going to go to, I'm going to take to a land that I will show you. And he's like, I need you to go. And he's like, no, dude, I I will not go unless your glory comes with us. Your glory is the only thing that sets us apart. We can't just walk. We can't just do our day-to-day thing. The Israelites didn't, they had to make sure that they were walking with the Lord. They had to make sure that they were walking in glory. And it goes on. Joshua, worshiping in the tent, just sitting there, just soaking in glory in the tabernacle. David, dancing in glory as he's bringing the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. Like a fool, dancing in glory. So you've got the whole spectrum right there. And if you're curious what I'm going to be talking about today, we're going to be walking in glory, okay? And so you've got the whole spectrum. And so I want to tell you, okay, it was available for Adam. And even after Adam and Eve sinned, it was available for them to walk in glory after that. Like redemption and salvation were offered after that too. Moses, murder on the run. Still, the Lord uses him. He says, hey, I know you've messed up in the past, but that's not how I define you. I have an assignment for you. If you're obedient now and you believe in me, that is righteousness. And so, I want to challenge you. Wherever you are in your current walk, if it's at work, if it's at home, if it's with family, if it's with friends, Walk in his glory. Walk in his glory. We have examples. And I want to challenge you, even when that, when that tyrant comes in, the great fear of death comes in, whenever you, whenever you feel called, whenever you feel led to walk in the glory of the Lord, but it's that thing that boils up inside you. It's that enemy just crawling up your back. And you start getting that fear of what if I step out like this and this happens? Or what if I do this and that happens? What if I say this or walk in truth and this happens? Are you going to be obedient until the point of death? Would you walk in glory up until the point of death? We have examples even of this, even in the Old Testament. Mishael, Azariah, and Hananiah. We know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The thing is, we know them by their names after they were kidnapped, tortured, and renamed, and brought up under a study of a new religion that they did not believe in, that they were forced to believe in. And they get called out one day to go out and bow down to this gold statue of this very aggressive leader, and they choose not to. Because after all of this, they accepted going into, they accepted being kidnapped. I mean, they couldn't really fight back. They're going to get killed at that point. All right. They got tortured and they had to get brought up. This whole time, they're still walking in glory. 
Because they are the righteous remnant that God is using, that God is saving so that he can bring redemption not only to the Israelite people of that area, but even the surrounding other nations of that area. And so when they chose not to bow down before the gold statue, the king got so ticked at them that they had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego gathered up and tossed into a furnace. And so, so I want to challenge you. We have these examples. Walking in glory, even up until the point of death, is available. That is, that can happen. And let me tell you, whenever you, whenever you walk in glory, whenever you walk by the Spirit and you stiff arm that tyrant, the fear of death to the side, I'm telling you, even if you get thrown into the fiery furnace, then the Son of Man can show up and stand with you in glory. As you're being persecuted in glory, there's, persecu- there's glory in your suffering, there's glory in the persecution. Because we know that even at the highest heights, he will be there. Psalm 139. We know that even at the deepest depths, and I can't think of one more worse than, than a king upset at you that you won't worship him, and so he throws you in a fire. The highest heights, he's there. The deepest depths, he is there. And they, and they knew it too. Like they... It wasn't just a, oh, maybe I won't do it and like hopefully this won't happen. No, he says, worship me or else. And they say, no. They knew. They knew exactly what was going to happen. They knew death was knocking at the door. But they knew that they weren't going to worship anything other than the living God. And so they knew They knew his presence. They knew his glory. And they walked in it even up until the point of death. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel in the lion's den. The Persian king comes in after he throws Daniel in the lion's den. And after all, after dreaming weird things all night, the king comes comes and he has to let Daniel out of the lion's den. Thinking that, you know, something might happen to Daniel. And like he sees Daniel just standing there. Like lion's mouth, just in glory. And so, whether it be the angel of the Lord, one like a son of man, the king of glory, the Lord of hosts, Yahweh, like they knew who he was. They knew his presence. They knew his glory. They knew him. They knew They knew the king of glory. They knew the Lord of hosts. They knew the Lord of hosts. Went from glory. Let's go to hosts. Let's go back to Genesis. Okay. Chapter 2, verse 1. The heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. The heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. This means, tune in, this means the spiritual host. This means the physical host. That means that the Lord is Lord of hosts. He established the heavens and the earth and the hosts of them. And he is Lord above all of them. 
Jumping into Exodus. Funny, we went Genesis and Exodus for both glory and host. All right, jumping into Exodus. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. I think I provided that one. And it says, yeah, yeah. But Moses told the people, do not be, context real quick. He just brought them out of the land of Egypt. And they're standing at the corner of the Red Sea now. They see the Israelite army behind them and they are freaking out. Okay. That's the context. That's also history. But Moses told the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the Lord's salvation, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. You're cornered. And you're cornered by water, a lot of it. You've got an army on the other side. You're walking out all high. You're proud right now. Like, it's some awesome stuff has just happened. And you come and you're just like, there's no way that nothing can go wrong now. And you, and you get brought to a wall of water. And they are freaking out. They're sitting there telling Moses, would it not be better if we just died in Egypt? We had the bread that we could sit around, around the fire and stuff, but now you brought us out into the wilderness to just be slaughtered like this? But what did he say? He said, the Lord will fight for you. And you need only to be still. We will fast forward, throw up Exodus 14, verse 30. This is his promise. Verse 14 was his promise. Verse 30, but the Israelites, this is the fulfillment of the promise. But the Israelites had walked through the sea on dry ground. The walls of the water on their right and on their left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the shore. When Israel saw the great power that the Lord had exercised over the, over the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and believed in him and his servant Moses. That's worth giving praise. That is, that is the Lord of hosts. That is the God of glory. And he gets a name like that from a story like that, from a testimony like that. It's not just a story. And it's so, this, uh, the next thing that they do, they sing a song. So they sing the song at the sea, chapter 15 of Exodus. And then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. In glory, the Lord triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. 
Jump down to verse 11. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand and the earth swallowed them up. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? And I'm telling you, you read that right. Egyptian gods, like the Egyptians celebrated the Nile and worshiped the lamb as, as representation of gods. The Greek gods that we see in cinematic universe on, on TV now, the what people really worship the DC Marvel characters. The Middle Eastern gods, you hear us talk about Baal, you, talk, you hear us talk about Molech, but who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Because I'm telling you, those gods that we just talked about, those Egyptian gods, those Greek gods, the Middle Eastern gods that we talked about, they are real spiritual beings. But let me tell you, there is none like the Lord, okay? There is none like the Lord, because it says right here, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? I'll sum it up, no one. Uh, yeah. Oh, I feel the Lord. Oh, man. So let's, let's back up to uh, Exodus 13 and 14 real quick. I, I got to highlight that. It's, it's ingrained in me. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the Lord's salvation which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you need only two, those two beautiful words, be still. Those words have so much meaning. Those words have power. There's another, there's another passage where it talks about be still. And I can't think of another passage that, that just elevates the Lord of hosts and the God of glory. And that's Psalm 46. Who has a Psalm 46.10 poster anywhere in their house? Does any be still and know that I am God? Anybody? Come on. Okay. I'd say a good 70% of America knows this verse. We're going to dive into it. Verse 8 through 10. It says, Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear, and he burns the chariots with fire. Be still, be still, and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. It says, come and behold, like, like fix your eyes on the works of the Lord. He makes war cease. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. All right? You can, you can take this and apply it. Go to 2 Kings. Well, 
We're not going to go through the whole story. Second Kings around chapter 18, okay? We can feel this as a warm and fuzzy verse. It is. I love it. Absolutely. It'll make me go to sleep at night, but it'll also make me go to war in the morning too. All right? So the Assyrian army is coming after the Israelites when King Hezekiah is reigning in Judah. Okay? There. Hold on. Okay. The Assyrians are known for ripping people apart slaughtering them, skin off bones type deal, okay? It's aggressive. And they're coming for the Israelites. They're coming to raid Judah. They're coming to take over. And King Hezekiah finds out, and you best believe, he loses his stuff, okay? He goes to the Lord, and he cries out to him, and he says, Lord, I'm going to sum it up. He says, Lord, I need you right now. I need you. Like, I need you. There's an army knocking at my door right now. I need you. And so God shows up that night by the angel of the Lord. And he makes that war completely cease. And they go out the next day, and he's told, King Hezekiah is told, come behold the works of the Lord. 180,000 men coming against the Israelite nation, wiped clean. A little bit different. I like it. So whether it's the angel of the Lord, the son, one like a son of man, the king of glory, the Lord of hosts, like we can walk in glory. We have these examples. We have these wonderful examples. And that's kind of what God always, that's what God always wanted. He wanted a people that would just love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then just like love one another as, as they would love each other. And that's what he wanted. And so he, he rose up, he created Adam, made Eve, thought that they would be the perfect representation to, to love the Lord. And then just like, you know, fruitful, multiply. And like we have this wonderful family picture in Eden, but that doesn't work out, you know. And so then we have kings over time brought up, leaders brought up, prophets. And, and he's just trying to communicate with his children because we're all lost, trying to destroy each other. We're looking at one another with hate. This isn't just the way things go now. It's been the way things have always gone. And so after the prophets don't, don't work, after the kings don't work, after the priests don't work, he's got to do it himself. He's got to do it himself. That same spirit, that same power the same spirit of the living God that was hovering over the waters of Genesis in chapter 1. Who spoke, who spoke light and light came. Who raised up a statue and went, and Adam said hello. That same, 
that same angel of the Lord, that same one like a son of man, That same spirit and that same power in 2,024 years ago, heaven's doors tore open. Heaven's doors tore open because the Lord said, I've had enough. I've got to do it myself. I want them so bad. I've got to do it myself and I'm willing to do it myself. So heaven opened up and our Savior came down. That same Spirit, that same God, that same Yahweh, the great I Am, the one who was and is and is to come, came down in the form of a baby. In the form of a baby. And it, hear me out on this. Like John 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God, okay? And the word was God, okay? So Jesus was with God, but Jesus is God, okay? And we got to come to terms with that. And then it says later on in John 1, and then that word became flesh. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that, that there's hope. Praise the Lord that he said, I'm not going to rely on these I'm my children anymore to do it because I'm going to send my son. I'm going to send my son, the one who is in the beginning, who is with, who is the creator. He said, I'm going to send you in the form of a baby. And so we have the God of glory. We have the King of glory. We have the Lord of hosts. We just read about, we just read about his rap sheet. Like we know he can move in power. We know that he can come however he wants to. And he comes as a baby. Like, he comes, in a, he comes in the womb of a woman. And like, like abortion is just not a, a divisive topic now. It was a divisive topic then. You had the king of glory in the womb of a virgin. There is only one spirit. There is only one power that can do that. And he said, Aside from all the evil in the world that I know is going on, I know that I could be aborted. I know that I could lose my life, but I'm still going to go to this virgin and I'm still going to come into the world and I'm still going to take 30 years. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to be gentle, but then I'm going to come out and I'm going to be bold. And boy, did he do it. Oh, we know him as this mighty warrior. We know him as the living God, the one who speaks the one who is alive and active today, the one we carry our Bibles. And let me tell you, that is the voice. That is the breath. And I will tell you this, that to me is the presence of God. And so if we have, we know now that that, that same spirit and that same power lives inside of us, we can now, we can now partner with heaven. We can now walk in the glory that Jesus walked in because we have that example. That is Jesus. We have that glory in us. That is Jesus. That glory, that power. So we can look at one another, even if we don't agree. At all walks of life. And we can love. And we can talk. And we can challenge one another. And we can grow. And we can mature. And we can develop. And we can say, hey, come and taste this bread. Okay? Come and taste this bread. The bread of life. The bread that comes from heaven. Come taste this. Come eat this. Come eat this. Come on. Come, come take a drink. Come, come drink the living water. 
Come take the breath of, of, of what should be your last breath. Like, like, come worship, not sing. I mean, just come and be obedient and just let out your song and just, just worship. It's not a song. It's not singing. It's your, it's your heart. And so we know that this is inside of us. And so, and so how do we walk in glory? How do we go about this life? How do we act with one another? How do we, li- how do we love God and love each other? Philippians 2 says... It's a beautiful, it's just like, it's just like we have the breath of God at our fingertips. And he tells us, he says, he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the other. And your relationships, tune in. If you have an ear, listen up. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. So we shouldn't either. If we're made in his image and we know that we're saved, we know where we're going, we don't treat one another who doesn't know that, who doesn't agree with that, with content. We treat them with love. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That death was meant for us because we could not get it right, because we could not look at one another without division. We could not look at one another without hate. We could not, we couldn't do it. And so he came, he lived, and he was this beautiful example and how they hated him for it. How they absolutely hated the message, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And do the best you can to love your neighbor as yourself. And that best you can is relying on the Spirit. It's not your own works. It's not your own flesh. It's whenever you come alive and you realize that the living God that relationship is available. And when you accept it, and I'm talking about the accepting of his life, that he came, that heaven came down to earth, and he came to a virgin, and he came and he lived a sinless, he lived a perfect life, one that we could not imagine living. And then he died a death that no one could die because we couldn't live that life. So we can't even die a death like that. What a message. Love him with all you have and all you are. And then look across from you and do the same. Vertically and horizontal. Because, because the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This man... This Jesus, this man with this message came 2,000 years ago. A real man, sometimes hard to believe, but we got to step into that challenge. A real man, fully man and fully God. Beaten unrecognizable for his message, for his obedience. He was crucified for walking in glory. He went to the point of death, beaten, unrecognizable. And it says his eyes wasted away with grief. 
as he was beaten by the ones that he came to save. And he took all the sin of the world, yours, mine, and all of it, on himself, and he took the wrath of God, the full wrath, so that you and I may be clothed in glory, so that we could walk in glory, so that we could be healed when he was beaten, when he was whipped, when his back was opened up. It was for our healing. He's the name above every name. Oh, I almost got ahead of myself. And so, and that's what John 3.16 means. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but they will have eternal life. And God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He sent his son to the world to save it. And so we're going to continue. Therefore, don't worry, I'm wrapping up. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Friends, family, I can confidently ask you this question and confidently know that you will answer correctly. Who is the king of glory? Jesus. He is the king of glory. He is the king of glory. I want to leave you guys with John 17 today. John 17 has uh, deeply changed my life in the past uh, few weeks. Not few weeks, sorry, a uh, few months. And Jesus has told his disciples. This is before the crucifixion, but Jesus has told his disciples that he's got to go away. And that's important. He must go away. Sorry. Sorry. He's saying that he must go away so that the advocate can come. He's telling them, I'm going to go away, but you've got to be excited that I'm going away. And after they've had this, this connection, this atmosphere with them, it's tough to hear. And Jesus knows that they're, that they're wrestling with this. He knows what's going on. And so he prays this prayer. John 17. Says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven. Church, will you close your eyes and lift your eyes to heaven? He lifted his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. 
glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him all authority over flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life. This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you, Father, before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you have gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. I am glorified in them, and I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you. And these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because you because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world I do not ask that I do not ask that you take them out of the world he's not asking that we're taken out of the world but that you keep them from the evil one they are not of the world just as I am not of the world sanctify them in truth your word is truth as you sent me into the world so I have sent them into the world and for their sake I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified in truth I do not ask for these only but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they may all be one just as you father are in me and I in you that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me the glory that you have given me I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one, I and them and you and me, and they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and, the, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I will be in them too.
Jesus, we bless you and your holy name. Lord, thank you, Jesus, that you are the King of glory, that you are the Lord of hosts. And thank you that you stepped down from your throne, Lord, to bring heaven to earth, Lord. Thank you that that same spirit, that that same power is still alive and active and that it's living inside of us today. And that when we gather together, Lord, when two or more are gathered together, Lord, there you are. So we just want to say, Lord of hosts, thank you. Thank you that we had the opportunity to host you today. We thank you that you came today. We thank you that you healed today. We thank you that you revived today. We thank you that you spoke truth in life today. And we thank you that we'll never be the same walking out of these doors. We thank you that seeds were planted today. We thank you that whether we're giving a message and whether we're playing a guitar, whether we're leading collective, or whether we're attending an event, Lord Jesus, if it's to press into your glory, then we are walking in glory. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen.